My name is Phil Alcock. I'm the Associate Minister, and it's my privilege to welcome you to our all-age Easter service. Now, we're going to look at something even better than Easter egg hunts, which aren't actually in the Bible, uh, even better than roast lamb, and even better than a bank holiday with sunshine. We are going to look together at the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's pray as we begin. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Our Father God, we pray this Easter Sunday, would you fill us with faith as we see again the truth that Jesus Christ rose in history Would you fill us with hope as we grasp that this means life for all eternity? Would you fill us with joy as we know that the risen Lord Jesus is with us now, walking through every day of this life as we go to glory with him? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Augustine stated... uh, 1500 odd years ago, we are Easter people and Alleluia is our song. And all around the world today, people are declaring that truth. Let's just see a few of them. Well, today on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the fact that on a particular day in history, Jesus Christ rose from the dead and that now he is alive for all eternity. What do you make of that? I'm sure that uh, for some of us, it's, well, it's, a, it's a nice kind of story, adds a little bit of fun to the season, makes things feel a bit happier. But we put it in the, in the category of kind of fairy tale. But when we think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are firmly in the realm of history. We are talking about the most significant event that ever happened in this world. And it changes everything. So it really matters that we can be confident that this actually really happened. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at one of the eyewitness historical accurate records of what happened that very first Easter. It's from the the Gospel of Matthew and you can find it in the Bible today. And what we're going to see is that Matthew tells us that Jesus really rose and because he really rose... There is hope for you and me today and forever. Now, as we join Matthew's account, it's Saturday. And the day before, on Good Friday, Jesus was put to death on a cross. It was a public execution and it was witnessed by literally hundreds and hundreds of people. He was then buried in a tomb and a heavy stone was rolled across the entrance. Let's see what happened next. If you want to turn up in your Bibles, you'll see uh, the reference on your sheets. And we're going to dive in at Matthew 27 and verse 62. Matthew 27 and verse 62. I haven't put the page number on there. Could somebody shout it out? 1,000. There we go. Nice easy number. Number 1,000. Page 1,000. Matthew 27 and verse 62. The next day... The one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. 
Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. It looked a little bit like this. Morning, everyone. Morning, everyone. Uh, I'm the tomb inspector. I'm the tomb inspector. That's a real job. Uh, I understand that we've got a code four. We've got potential risk of grave robbery. So Pilate's office, they've, they've sent me down. They want me to make sure everything's up to regulation, everything's nice and secure. So I'm just here, if you can just bear with me for five minutes. Uh, they, they want to make sure that no one can take the body out of this tomb because they don't want anyone to pretend that Jesus is alive. Okay, okay, so let's see what we've, what we've got here. All right, here's the tomb. Nice, sturdy construction. Definitely not made of cardboard, that's what we like to see. Okay, uh, large stone door, great. Okay, that's a tick. No one can move that. Uh, big seal, big lock across the door. Great, that's a tick. No one's going to get that open. Massive, scary guard. <laughs> yep, that's a tick. No one's going to get past him. Okay, everything meets regulation here. I'm classifying this tomb as 100% secure. There's no way anyone can get in, and there's no, one, no way anyone can get out. As you are, people. Sorry, children, for the genuinely scary guard. <laughs> He'll be all right. Look, everyone knew that Jesus had died. Everyone knew where the tomb was. Both these things were public and seen by many. And everyone also knew, do you remember what the reading told us? Everyone also knew that Jesus had publicly, repeatedly promised, I will rise from the dead. And so the religious leaders who hated him petitioned the Roman governor Pilate to make sure the tomb was absolutely secure. No one could get in past the guard and no one could get out past the stone. There was no way for Jesus to come out of that tomb. Unless, of course, he was more than just a man. Unless the things he'd said about himself, that he was God as well as man, that he would be raised from the dead, unless those things were true. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's do, okay, at this point, we've got three facts. We have three facts already from the reading we've seen. One, on Good Friday, Jesus was crucified on a cross publicly. Two, at the end of the Friday, Jesus' dead body was buried in a stone tomb that everybody knew the location of. And three, the tomb was sealed, it was secured, and it was guarded by a soldier. No one could stop Jesus. No one could get Jesus out of that tomb, and no one could get in to tamper with the body. As we just said, Jesus died on Good Friday. And the reason that he died is that the only way our sins could be forgiven by our holy God is if they were punished in full. And rather than let you and me take the punishment for our sins, 
Jesus stepped out of the safety of heaven, came down, took a human body, and died on the cross, nailed in our place, punished for our guilt, hung out for our shame. And on Easter Sunday, as every Sunday, we confess our sins to God, recognizing that we still, those of us who call ourselves Christians, we still aren't perfect people. But on Easter Sunday, perhaps we do with a special joy and assurance. Because as we remember that Jesus rose from the grave, we know that if he rose to life, he had finished paying for the debt of our sin. He had finished all that needed to be done for our sins to be forgiven. And so with reverence, but with great relief, we can now hand our sins over to Almighty God. So as the, the prayer comes up, if you join with me in the parts in bold. Uh, children, you might want to join in with this prayer. I imagine there'll be some words you won't understand, but you got, if you ask your parents, they'll explain it after lunch. Ask them to hang on to their service sheets, and they can explain what these words mean. And if you can think of any things that you've said or done that weren't right, that you want to say sorry to God for, then that's what we're going to do now. We're going to hand our sins over to God, confident that Jesus has paid for them. So let us pray. Jesus Christ, risen master and triumphant Lord, we come to you in sorrow for our sins and confess to you our weakness and unbelief. We have lived by our own strength and not by the power of your resurrection. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, heal us and help us. We have lived by the light of our own eyes as faithless and not believing. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, heal us and help us. We have lived for this world alone and doubted our home in heaven. In your mercy, forgive us. Lord, heal us and help us. Hear the assurance that the resurrection brings to us as the band come up. We read in 1 Corinthians 15, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. The sting of death is sin and the power of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand with the music and celebrate his victory. Well, Jesus is dead. Jesus was buried. The tomb was guarded. But the story doesn't end there. Let's pick it up. Page 1000 and Matthew 28 and verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He's risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now, I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. 
Go and tell my brothers to go into Galilee. There they will see me. Well, what do you make of that? What do you make of a claim that a man rose from the dead? Now, we're used to the fact sleeping people, they wake up. And sick people, eventually, they may well get better and get up off their sick bed. But dead people, people who are dead and buried, they don't come back. So what on earth can have happened? Well, thankfully, there is somebody here who can help us work it out. For we have amongst us this morning the world-renowned Detective Inspector Deduction. Good morning. I am world-renowned. This is a most perplexing case, but we will solve it using logic and reason. Let's consider the evidence. We have here Well, we have one clear piece of evidence. The empty tomb. Number one, it's the empty tomb. Everyone agrees that the tomb was empty. I don't know, maybe you've lost a a toy at home in your room and then your mum has come in and she's found it and it was there all along. Well, this isn't like that. This isn't just a little toy. This is a great big body. So that doesn't make sense. And dozens of people have checked the tomb Uh, The women who are Jesus' friends, they've checked the tomb. Uh, The disciples, they've checked the tomb. The guards, they've checked the tomb. The religious leaders, they've checked the tomb. So the body definitely wasn't there anymore. No, the tomb was empty. And no one ever found the body. It's just like, it's like the body's disappeared. This is most perplexing. So who could have taken it? Well, maybe it was the disciples. That makes the most sense. Yes, they're the obvious suspects. They didn't want Jesus to be dead. So maybe they they took the body and pretended that he was still alive. But that that can't be right, can it? Because A, the disciples were famously scaredy cats. They ran away when Jesus was arrested. No way they could get past that terrifying guard. Hmm. Well, and also, they were willing to suffer and die for saying that Jesus had risen from the grave. No. It's impossible. It can't be the disciples. Okay, maybe Jesus wasn't really dead. Maybe he he rolled back the stone himself and and he fought off the guard himself. But that's even more ridiculous. Jesus was was definitely dead. The, The soldiers made sure they did their job properly. Everyone checked that he was dead. And if he wasn't dead, well, he'd need months and months in hospital to recover. There is no way he could roll back that heavy stone and and take on that powerful guard. Hmm. It's impossible to believe that Jesus wasn't dead and escaped the tomb himself. Two, actually. What? You said there was one piece of evidence. There is actually two pieces of evidence. Well, what's that? Eyewitnesses. I saw him. I returned to the tomb on Sunday morning, and I met him. That's, uh, are you sure? That's amazing. No. I have never been more sure of anything in my life. With my own eyes, I watched them kill him on the cross. 
I watched them as, he, as they placed him in the tomb. And when I came on Sunday morning, the tomb was empty. And then I met him outside the tomb. Well, I've never heard of a dead man rising. Maybe you're mistaken. Maybe you're, you're tired or, or emotional. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but it wasn't just me. He was seen by hundreds of people for over 40 days, and they weren't all tired and emotional. Okay. Maybe it was a, a vision, or a spirit, or, or a really vivid memory. A, a vision, a vision. Visions don't eat fish and chips. <laughs> I hugged him. I ate a meal with him, and so did many others. This is, this is very hard to believe. I know, I know, I know, but it's true. And remember, he said it would happen. He said it loads and loads of times. He said, I will be delivered over to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn me to death. They'll hand me over to be mocked and flogged and crucified. But on the third day, I will be raised to new life. Hmm. Well, as amazing as it seems, I, th I think there's only one logical conclusion. Just like he promised Jesus, he died, and he rose from the grave, and he's still alive today. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely worth a whoop. The... When we move from the death of Jesus to the resurrection of Jesus, when we move from the cross to the empty tomb, we are still firmly standing in history. In fact, the second set of facts we've seen, on the Sunday morning, the tomb was empty. Secondly, no one has ever found his body. And thirdly, many people, hundreds of them, over the space of 40 days, met with him, ate with him, talked with him, touched him. The only logical conclusion, the only thing that makes sense is the most amazing thing of all, that what the angels told the two Marys is true. He has risen. We're going to sing of that glorious truth. I praise the name of the Lord our God as we celebrate not only that he rose 2,000 years ago, but that he's alive and reigning today. The Lord Jesus, he is with us and he is alive. Let's stand as the music begins. We do indeed praise you, Lord Jesus, for all the things that we heap praise on in this life, we thank you that you are above all, for you have defeated death. You have taken sin and you have opened up the way for us to have eternal life, a relationship with God and the promise of paradise. We praise you, our risen King. Amen. Please do sit down. Okay, let's get back to the Easter story. So we've looked at the history now We've looked right through the history. We've seen that on Good Friday, Jesus was put to death. On Easter Sunday, Jesus rose to life. That's the history. 
But what does it mean for you and me? What difference does it make that Jesus rose to life? What changes for our today and our tomorrow that at a point in history, Jesus rose? Well, remember back to what uh, the two Marys, what they did, how they responded. We're told they came to Jesus, clasped his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, do you remember what Jesus said to them? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now they realize that if he's risen from the dead, he must be exactly who he's always claimed to be. Not just a man, but God as well. God in human flesh. And so they worshipped him. It's the first thing to do is to worship him. Don't just respect Jesus as a great moral teacher, although he's that. Don't admire him as a religious martyr. In one sense, he's that. The truth is much greater. Jesus is God, so worship him. Praise him. Give your life to him. And here's the thing. Here's the second thing. If you come to this Jesus and worship him, if you put your trust in him, if you make him your only and your best hope in life and in death, then you do not need to be afraid. Okay, what don't you need to be afraid of if you trust in Jesus? Well, actually anything. You don't need to be afraid of anything because if Jesus has conquered death, if Jesus has conquered death, then he can handle anything, anything at all. Now, who's the strongest person you know? Who's the strongest person you know? Children, who's the strongest person in your family? Well, they're pointing, uh, mostly the dad's getting pointed out. No, mainly, mainly. Well, I bet you my friend is stronger than your dad. I bet you my friend is stronger than your dad. Who wants to meet my friend? Bring him on. Now, I know my friend. Who knew that under those shirts, Jake was hiding such a set of muscles? (laughs) Amazing, amazing. Now, over here, we have an incredibly heavy weight. It really is, uh, what's that? 100 million kilos. There you go. 100 million kilos. Who thinks... My friend, who happens to be the world's strongest man, can lift 100 million kilos. Who thinks he can lift it? Maybe those who, yeah, I I think we should give him a go. Let's see. Can he lift it? Look at those muscles rippling. Careful, lift from the legs, don't use your back. Look at that, magnificent. Claire doesn't just love you for your brains, does she? (laughs) Now, world's strongest man, could you turn that weight around? It's too heavy for me to handle. Could you turn it around for us so we can see? The heaviest weight of all, the heaviest weight of all is death. In his resurrection, Jesus lifts death. Death pressed in on him to keep him in the grave. And Jesus was able to lift death, to cast death aside and to come to life. Now, given he can lift 100 million kilos, do you think he can lift these other weights, these 10 kilo weights? Yes. Go on, just show us. Just show us. Look at that. Who said it's a cardboard box? Really? Of course he can lift it. Now, if not even death is too heavy for Jesus, if not even death is too heavy for Jesus, then nothing else is too heavy for him either. If he can handle that, well, he can handle anything. All the things that are too much for us are not too heavy for him. He can, he can lift sickness. 
If Jesus can deal with death, then when we face sickness, when we feel afraid and it goes on and we lose hope, Jesus is the man to turn to. What about uh, scary things? Look, the things that scare us change as we grow up. Uh, So I'm no longer afraid of uh, noises inside the cupboard or spiders, unless they're big and Australian, in which case I am afraid of spiders. But, But adults as well as children, we're all afraid of some things. But if Jesus can beat death, if he can handle that, then if we trust in Jesus, we don't need to be afraid of any scary things. What about money worries? And at the moment, many of us are are deeply concerned. We feel a little bit out of our depth and money things feel like they might drown us, some of the concerns that we've got. And as all-consuming as financial worries are and as overbearing and overpowering as they can feel, if Jesus can handle death, then we can turn to him with our money worries too. Painful relationships, a broken, toxic, difficult relationships fights with our family, with our friends, they can just drain the hope out of us and fill us with, oh, just what will we do? Put us at our wit's end. But if Jesus can come back to life from the dead, then he can breathe new life into the most dead and toxic mess. And he can help us. He can give us the power to keep loving even when it's very hard in a relationship. Lastly, sometimes I think the heaviest thing that we have to bear in life can be disappointment. So just a life that just hasn't quite worked out the way we hoped, just hasn't quite panned out. And every day just feels like a difficult slog. Every day it just feels like this isn't what I hoped for. This isn't what I wanted to live. And it can be very hard to keep trusting and loving God when life is just heavy and disappointing. But Jesus has conquered death and won for us eternal life. And so whatever happens in this life, we know there is something much, much better to come. As uh, one theologian puts it, there is nothing in your life right now that is so awful that a good resurrection won't fix it. And that is what is coming for Jesus' people. All things can be handled by Jesus. Look, if you trust in Jesus, it doesn't mean our life will not have hardships and pain. We will go through plenty of challenges we will encounter plenty of scary things, things that are well beyond our ability to deal with. But Jesus can deal with them. And he can get us safely through to eternal life. He can stop them from completely crushing us. Whatever feels too heavy for us, whatever you feel will crush you, Jesus can handle it. Whatever you face, there is hope because Jesus has swallowed death. Let's celebrate that glorious good news as we pray together the words of the C of E collect. It'll appear on the screen. Today's collect. Lord of all life and power. Maybe it's not. I'll just, uh, (laughs) let me read it for you. These are wonderful, wonderful words. Lord of all life and power, who through the mighty resurrection of your son overcame the old order of sin and death, to make all things new in him. Grant that we, being dead to sin and alive to you in Jesus Christ, may reign with him in glory, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be praise and honor, glory and might, now and in all eternity.
Amen. We're going to sing, Oh Happy Day. There are two ways to look in this song. One, let's look back to the happy day when Jesus rose from the grave. And two, whatever's going on in life right now, you can look forward to the happy day when Jesus returns and you too will be resurrected to eternal life. Let's stand with the music. Let's pray. Our Father God, this is indeed a happy day. Not happy necessarily because everything in our lives feel right at the moment, but happy because the Lord Jesus has risen. And therefore we don't just have vain hope, we have certain hope that we too will share in his resurrection, that we too will share in his justification knowing that our sins are paid for, that we too will share in his eternal life in paradise with you, that we too can share in his relationship with you. We are now his brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters, and in your family, all will be peace, all will be joy for all of eternity. Now, Father God, we pray that the hope and the peace and the joy of the resurrection might breathe into our lives and change everything In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let me encourage you. Um, It's a sunny day. You might put on sunglasses as you leave. My encouragement to you is put on glasses, the resurrection glasses. Look at everything in life through that lens, through the lens that Jesus has risen. Perhaps uh, as we're chatting afterwards, why not say, where in your life do you most need to see what's going on through the lens of Jesus' resurrection hope? What do you most need to look at through the resurrection today? And encourage one another afterwards. Let's close with these wonderful words. Hear what the risen Lord Jesus says to his people in Revelation 1. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Amen. Happy Easter.